Good evening and welcome to the Schoolhouse 302. This is Joe and I'm with uh, TJ and tonight we have an incredible guest with us. We're very excited for an excellent teacher in his own right and author of Pure Genius, Don Wetrick. Welcome to the Schoolhouse 302, Don. Hey guys, ready to ready to start start class. Excellent. So, you know, TJ and I were fortunate enough, Don, to meet you at a professional development you did in Delaware. Really, what gave us the impetus even to reach out to you originally was your book, Pure Genius: How You Were Developing Innovation in Your Classroom, but really, and how you're unleashing the spirit within students of excitement, the spirit of creativity, the spirit of innovation, um, and you're doing that and get students excited about learning. Um, and that really started a conversation with us as educators and leaders in Delaware, um, which brought you in. And then we uh, really wanted to get to know you a little bit better. And that's why we have you on our show. Um, this is our example series. So this month in the Schoolhouse 302, we've been focused on innovation really how innovation um, needs to be unleashed. So we wanted to ask you, you know, how do you support innovative thinking? How do you create that culture and how do you ultimately support it among your students, but also others? It can go beyond the classroom. Right. Yeah. I, I think the the first thing you hit on was the most important. And you said, you know, how do you create it? And then you backed up and you said, how do you create that innovation culture? And everything fosters from that. So, um, you know, it's you, you all of a sudden couldn't walk into the Bureau of Motor Vehicles there in Delaware and say, be innovative. Um, it has to be created first. The, the environment, the working conditions, um, and normally that first step is that willingness to, uh, it almost sounds cliche, and I, and I hate it, but the the importance of, okay, we're going to start doing things differently. And a shared, this is going to be fun, a shared celebration of trial and error, a, okay, what if? Almost this improv comedy approach to yes and. Um, that even if it gets, things aren't working out, you don't go, this sucks. You're <laughs> like, okay, that didn't work. Check that off. Um, once you have that spirit of we're going to do things differently, um, you make it playful. Um, then, then things start to go from there. If you're constantly over, you know, looking over your shoulder, if you're constantly worried about what your performance rating is, if something doesn't work out, then you're screwed. Just you're done. So I think that's why it's so important that a lot of times Innovation culture usually a lot of times starts with leadership training and the people that, you know, you want to foster that environment, you know, it starts there. Um, cause I, I, you know, in a school setting and, and it's weird cause I, I've, I've crossed over now. I'm, I'm doing a decent amount of things with non-school things as well. Um, with some corporate culture stuff, but within a school, I've seen three different kinds of scenarios. You have the rock star superintendent and principal that like, yes, we're going to do this. And they're trying to convince the teachers. Then you have a scenario where you have a bunch of rock star teachers that are trying to get it done. And they're trying to convince the superintendent principal, or you have the students dragging everybody along. Um, all three 
will struggle um, if the leadership's not there. Because if the teachers are trying to convince the superintendent and the, and the principal, that's tough. Um, that being said, it's it doesn't necessarily work out well when the principal and superintendent are begging the teachers to be innovative. I've seen both sides. But if it's going to be shut down you know, on the up chain of command, it's really, 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 really difficult. Um, but I will say the third scenario, if the students are the ones dragging them along with it, um, if a superintendent or teachers are, are savvy and are smart, once they see that things are like moving along, they can sometimes get out of their way. Um, but the hardest one for sure is when you have a bunch of innovative teachers and they're butting their heads up against administration. That is, it's, it's really, really tough. And, and a lot of times people kind of scratch their head and they're like, oh no, not more leadership training, but if it's not there and if it's not in place at the administration level, man, it is, it's tough, really tough. Hey, Don, can I um, follow that up with um, our strategy post this month, particularly highlighted four strategies. One of them straight from your book was about inspiring creativity through the building blocks of innovation. And you talk about the leader needs to be on board or else it's really tough. How does the leader then, what's an example of a leader then using some of those building blocks with the staff to inspire creativity and inspire others to want to do things differently when, mm. hey, what we're doing feels like it's kind of working? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm back up and say that the two hardest places to find innovation are at the bookends of the socioeconomic status, right? So they're really, really low functioning school. They're so worried about, and I understand they're worried about safety and compliance. So their, their bragging thing is, Hey, we didn't have as many expulsions this year and our graduation numbers like, Hey, we kept them in the building and then we got them out of the building for the right reasons. And they're proud of that. I understand. And then on the opposite end, you have the dreaded T word at the at the upper echelon, the, the dreaded tradition word. So they're like, why would we change? Our freaking school has got a 98% blah, 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 blah. And they're not taking a big picture of where we're headed. Um, so back to that, convincing those schools is tough. The ones in the middle is the way you start getting that done is – Time and time again, when I go out there and I start talking about Genius Hour, 20% time, whatever, most schools or most people at the at least the, the, the professional developments are like, man, we should have our own 20% time. You're darn right. You're darn right because that is your time to figure out some of the things that like you fall in love with learning. You fall in love with what your innovation process is. Once, So a lot of times a good superintendent or principal, if they take the long-term view, they start – they started at that level, like implementing with the teachers and they say, okay, like next year we're going to give this a go. They're, they're kind of deliberate, but maybe a little bit slow about it. Um, but most importantly, most, most, most importantly is they model it. Just like, just like in my class, my first couple of years of the innovation class, they were like, it was almost kind of like, a, okay, let's see if he fails me now. Like, hey, Wetrick, this is this thing I built. Let's just say it's a you know widget. It's an invention. It doesn't work. And they're like, uh-huh. And they like look at me and I'm like, dude, that's awesome. You're not mad? No. 
well, it doesn't work. I know. Show me why it doesn't work. And in that moment, they're explaining it to me. And when they reflect, which is one of the most powerful things that we do, they're like, you'll hear things like, you know, now that I hear myself talk out loud, I realize I didn't do blank. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're on to something. And when you model that you tried it, it's screwed up, no big, that's part of it. Then they're like, okay, you weren't just, okay, you weren't fooling me. And then slowly but surely that are you proud of me compliance-based model gets thrown out to like, dude, you got to look what I've done. Um, it didn't work totally, but look how much you know progress I made. That's the shift. So, you know, modeling it and then reinforcing that it's the, it again, sounds cliche, but it's the journey. It's the reflection. It's where you're going kind of mentality. Don, I think that's a huge point. Uh, you know, too often schools become compliant in the sense that it, it becomes also for students an acknowledgement of what they don't know and what they haven't learned versus what yeah. they are going to learn and enjoying the process. And what you just described is a process. And it's okay if in the beginning it's average. And what you described with that student very often is fear of failure to begin with. So you're unlocking and you know that, that fear and saying no. Mm -mm, and I'm not going to play that game either. We're going to produce something because you're capable. Well, and 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 some and let's. I have to also say, like some people will never get over that. Some and I and not to rank students, but some of my least innovative kids are the best students, as a traditional sense. Because they've done it, and, and, and if, if anybody's wanting to starting to do like a genius hour at innovation time in high school, <clears throat> expect that. Because they've had years of being a good boy or a good girl. Like, there is a right answer, and the right answer is 14. <laughs> Any other answer is wrong, and, and, and they don't believe in this whole improvement stuff. They're like, it's either right or it's wrong. So um, it, it's, it's, it takes a while for some people to get over that, and some people will never get over it. Uh, and and um, and that's why also, you know, some people say, well, um, not everybody can be blank. I think that everybody has the potential to be innovative, but I understand the, the certain mindset and the certain personality type where there is a correct answer. And that's okay, too. I, I think that when we start having these buzzwords like innovation, it's like, it's like the word imaginative. Everybody's imaginative, absolutely, but not everybody's innovative. And, and I totally think that that's okay. Um, not to, not to like stereotype, but like engineer types, it's in their DNA that there is a correct answer. They did the measurement. It is exactly this. There is only one right answer. And, and I'm fine with that. I usually just like to take the, the, the somewhat artistic or innovative kid and pair them up with that really great math kid, um, to kind of foster that ultimate symbiosis. Don, we really appreciate you being with us with this interview too, and interviewing with us tonight. Um, you leave us with a bunch to think about. I think for leaders, most important, it's modeling and creating that culture where others can be innovative, um, and that that's best when it comes from the leadership. Uh, we talked about culture in our read this 
series where we featured your book, Pure Genius. And uh, we just want to thank you for your time. I mean, you gave us some great examples tonight for our hashtag examples series, and we can't be more grateful. And your uh, time in Delaware was fun as well, so we appreciate that. Excellent. Well, thanks for being with us, Don, and we appreciate your time, and we look forward to talking to you again.